0: How do you price your products and services? This is a great question and it's one that I get fairly often. So knowing how much to charge for something that is a value to any customer is arguably one of the most important factors that goes into marketing that product or service, right? So where do you start? Let's break this all down for you. To start, I wanna talk about two different pricing models. One is for physical products and one is for services. So when it comes to physical products, I feel like it's easier, right? You calculate the cost of production, the cost of creating that physical product, and then you add in your profit margin, right? That's pretty clear cut. But when it comes to services, it's a little different. And there's two different approaches that people tend to take. The first is that they base their prices off of an hourly rate for their time. So you may charge forty, dollars hundred, two hundred dollars per hour, and base your cost off of that hourly rate. Another way to approach selling services is value-based pricing. So that's basically what your buyer thinks the service is worth. So you may offer ad management services, for example, for fifteen hundred dollars a month, flat rate, right, rather than hourly rate, which would depend upon how long it took you to complete that service. But there is another factor at play here. And it's one that you may not even know that you're using. And those are psychological pricing methods. So what exactly is psychological pricing? Let's let's talk about this, let's define it, right? Simply put, psychological pricing is a strategy that uses pricing to influence a customer's spending or shopping habits. So this means you price your products or services in a way that will influence your customer to make more sales or to buy higher value products or services. So the goal here is to meet a customer's psychological need for something. Oftentimes it's saving money, or investing in the highest quality item, or even getting a good deal, right? So we're trying to meet that customer's psychological need. However, it can also be seen as manipulative because it's taking advantage of the customer's emotions in order to gain a bigger or better profit for your business. So it's valuing your business over the consumer's emotions and what's actually best for the consumer. This is one of the major problems with modern marketing today, is that modern marketing today has been influenced by manipulative strategies for so long, they're baked right in and we don't even recognize them for what they are. Just marketing is focused on recognizing these things on evaluating the status quo and then unlearning the problematic pieces of marketing so that we can do things differently going forward so that we can lead with kindness and compassion and we can be intentional about the decisions that we make in a way that respects our audience and our current and future clients. So first, we have to have an understanding of why the, the practice was used initially so that we can understand why it's unjust. And then we can restructure the way that we choose to do business going forward. So I already like scratched the surface a little bit about what psychological pricing is. But I really want to talk about two of the most common applications. The first one is known as charm pricing. And charm pricing involves lowering the left-hand number of, of a price and ending the price in 99 all right. So instead of a $2 product or service, it's $2.99 or, or et cetera. Right. The second application I want to discuss is called odd even pricing. That's what it's known as. So odd even pricing involves analyzing the, the last number in a price and the prices that add in odd numbers signify a deal for people psychologically whereas numbers that ended even numbers signify premium prices. Let's let's dive into both of these separate. So charm pricing first. There are many potential stories that circulate about where charm pricing originated, and I don't think that the actual origin story really matters all that much. What we need to know is that humans have this left-digit bias where our perception, and our evaluations are disproportionately impacted by the leftmost digit, so the first digit of a product. So marketers of the past discovered that if they lowered the first digit of a price by one, more people would purchase the product. Now, they still want to profit as much as possible, so they keep the remaining numbers as high as possible. So $100 becomes $99 or even $99.99. They realized they don't need to discount a whole dollar. They could have the same effect by discounting a single penny. So the idea behind charm pricing is that people perceive that they're getting a savings, right? Because it's not $100, it's $99. It's not it's not $400, it's $399. So that one number being different, unconsciously, people perceive a savings. And so when the business uses charm pricing, they're taking advantage of the fact that the the consumer perceives that saving. And because the rest of the the price is is so high, it's effectively the same price. The business doesn't miss it. You know, the business isn't going to miss a penny or a dollar per purchase. But the truth of the matter is, it doesn't help the customer either, right? Because that penny or that dollar isn't going to make or break you either. So in this case, the business wins by taking advantage of human psychology, and the customer basically loses. They've they've, They've been conned, right? Like, they've been used. So if there are two comparable products sitting next to each other on on a shelf, and one is priced at $50 and the other is priced at $49.99, on a subconscious level, we perceive the $49.99 product to be a better value because the first digit is a four and four is less than five of the $50 product. Now, most of you listening are like, yeah, but I know, right? Like, We know $49.99 is basically $50 but there's still that that subconsciousness at play. And not everybody is as savvy as we are, too. So you got to think about that, too. Not everybody is as savvy as we are. Now, once marketers realize that the way they priced products could psychologically influence a customer to react emotionally, right, subconsciously instead of rationally, because we know those costs are basically the same, More and more people want to continue to study pricing psychology so that they can continue to manipulate buyers. This is where we're going to transition into that odd even pricing strategy. So, marketers of the past realize that it's not just the first digit in a price that matters. The last digit of a price also has a subconscious impact in how people perceive pricing. So, when people come across a price that ends in an odd number, seven, nine, they perceive a deal. Whereas even digits are perceived to signify premium prices. If we remember that they wanna keep those, those other digits as high as possible, that's why we're so used to seeing numbers or offers pricing that ends in seven and nine because those are the higher uh, numbers. So we'll see something for $12.99 or $47 or two ninety-seven dollars because we wanna end in a seven or a nine. Those numbers signify a deal. Psychologically, the business wants to take advantage of the buyer. And it's why it's uncommon to see even digit prices. I feel like we're, it's common to see $97 or $99, but it's not common to see $98, right? It's not common to see $66. It's not common to see $10, $20, or $30. It would be $9, 19 or $29. So I think if we think about this, we can understand how, how deep-rooted and how universal these practices have become. So because charm pricing kind of came first, right, and it was so common for prices to end in $0.99 cents due to that practice, I would argue, this is just my, my theory, right, is that we subconsciously also perceive prices that end in sevens to be an extra deal because we're so used to seeing prices that end in nines that seven, you know, seems extra, extra special. Now, I know that when it comes to pricing your own products and services, you're probably sitting down and making a lot of these calculations as you price your products and services. But I also feel fairly confident that you tend to go with the flow, right? I know I did for the longest time. And when I ultimately settled on pricing, it did in fact end in a seven or a nine. And now for me, it was weird. I just like seven better than nine. Like When it comes to my favorite numbers, I'm weird when it comes to numbers. So for the longest time, my average ad management client was paying me $12.97 a month. Why? Nobody actually wants to do that math. Nobody easily is able to budget like that. In fact, in many cases, when I was on sales calls, people would just round up. I would tell them my pricing was $1,297 a month, and they'd say, so basically $1,300. Eventually, I just changed the pricing. Why would I make people do extra work? Why should I be trying to take advantage of these, like, trickery strategies to try to trick people into thinking they're getting a better deal because the price is $1,297 rather than just making a nice, easy to math, rounded number, $1,300. I also made changes with my membership pricing. So if you are currently in the Just Marketing Alliance, many of my current members still pay $29 a month because that's what I started at. However, new members, people who've joined, oh gosh, within the past like four to six months, new members are paying $30 a month. That raise, that increase in pricing is not because I wanted to raise my prices, right? I wasn't like, let me squeeze an extra dollar out of people. But I realized it's basically the same thing, 29 and 30. And I want people to make informed decisions based on easy to understand, easy to calculate numbers, which is why I've changed my pricing so that my prices all typically end in zeros. I feel like if I was going to have something that didn't end in zero, I would have it end in five just because it's easier to math, easier to understand. So I've briefly touched on some of the problems associated with psychological pricing as I I went through these couple of things. But I really want to just take a minute and talk a little bit more in depth about why these pricing strategies are problematic, even though they're widely accepted, even though everybody is doing it. I still believe we should be doing things differently. So first of all, This is an attempt to trick your audience into making a decision that they're not ready to make. All right? If they were ready to make the decision, then they will not have to be influenced by psychological tricks. So instead of trying to get your people to buy faster, give them the information they need to buy confidently. The second thing that really irks me about psychological pricing is that it's an attempt to take advantage of our clients and make them think our product costs less than it actually does. So if we're not pricing my product at $100, I'm pricing it at 97 That's an attempt to make my clients think that it costs less. However, what we should be doing is focusing on the value that we bring to our products and services so that it doesn't have to cost less. They don't mind spending the nice round even number because it's worth it. I talked a little bit a minute ago about how it relies on people making impulse decisions rather than well thought out decisions. We really wanna focus on ensuring that the value we provide is clear, making sure that buyers have all the information that they need to make an informed decision rather than pricing our products awkwardly in an attempt to influence sales without thinking about budget or other rational considerations. Now, another thing I feel like this is this requires a little bit outside of the box thinking, right? So another problem with using psychological pricing, charm pricing or odd even pricing strategies, is that when we're focused on making our buyers feel like they're getting the best deal. Is it's going to attract more of those bargain shoppers. All right. And bargain shoppers often are more devoted to pricing, to getting deals than they are to the merchant or the business who's providing the deals. So you don't want to attract bargain shoppers who are just looking for the best deal. You want to attract people who, like you for you. Right. People who are going to make the investment because they know you are the best choice, not because you have the best pricing. All right. It's just a poor way to build community and relationships. And also it it makes it so that that this psychological pricing, this this strategy isn't a long term plan. Psychological pricing aren't sustainable Ways to set prices. It may boost your sales initially, but it's only going to last a little while. And in the long run, you won't attract more clients just because you have these like funky pricing, right? It doesn't, it might matter in an immediate sense, but it doesn't matter in the long run. So at the end of the day, psychological pricing is manipulative, it's a method of manipulation. And Is that the way you want to start a new relationship with a new customer? By tricking them? or By trying to trick them? I would hope not, right? I would hope not. So when you're pricing your products or services, I recommend that you stick to the the economics of product pricing and then leave those psychological pricing tactics out of your equations. Might you give up on some sales? Maybe. But. It's more empowering to build a business with integrity and know that you're allowing customers to make thoughtful decisions rather than relying on manipulation. Plus, those sales that you may potentially be losing out on, they weren't the committed clients that you want anyway. So allow those people to to spend more time in your ecosystem, more time getting to know you, getting to like you, getting to trust you, and allow them to make the decision to invest with you when they're ready, or allow them to keep bargain shopping elsewhere. Our businesses, yes, we need to make money, right? It's a business, but it shouldn't be all about income. It should be about impact. And when we focus on impact, the income naturally follows right along with all of those ratings hands. I would love to hear your insights, your ideas um, on how you handle pricing your products and whether this podcast episode gave you anything new or different to think about. Will you do anything differently going forward? I encourage you to connect with me on social media or shoot me an email at maggotmegbrunson.com and let me know. Bye for now.